Here's to the mothers. Here's to the boo-boo kissers. Here's to the get up and warm the milk at 2 a.m. women. You are braver than you know. You make the music that makes the life, that gives the rhythm to the day in and out and in again. Courageous. You deliver babies by C-section or adoption certificate or by push and pant and wailing battle cry of birth. You give more than you think you have. And when you're empty, when you're bone dry, you wring out one more drop, one more bottle, one more soothing the temper tantrum. Hero, you make a budget stretch. You clip coupons, you fight ketchup stains. You face the awkward parent-teacher moments. You listen, you translate for your child. You do the hard work of teaching at every turn. You find a hundred new ways to answer a hundred new versions of the question, why? Champion, you show up, you take photos, you cheer. You shuttle boys and bags of gear between sports fields and serve up ice cream afterwards. You disagree with him. You make her change her skirt, but you love fiercely from beneath those unruly bangs. You learn to laugh at your reflection. You revel in your smiley wrinkles. Real, you lose your temper. You yell and apologize and stamp your foot and prove that you are human. You cry. You venture out into an ocean of vulnerability with only a small dinghy and two short oars to keep you afloat when you become a parent. Anchor. You yield your figure, your abs, your size four jeans, but your will turns to muscle unheard of. It grows strong with determination. No one will wound these children without going through you first. You are a last harbor, a lighthouse in the storm of internet and Facebook, failed grades and peer pressure. But in the everydayness of these moments, you start to feel it. The weight of glory, the glorious ordinary. And on your quietest, least interesting days, you get better at hearing the music of motherhood. Slowly a harmony rises from the collection of tasks every mother cycles through in a day. The sacred marriage of the mundane and the eternal. The small directly related to the massive. Kids walking around like so much eternity with skin on. There is no part of your everyday wash and rinse and repeat routine that isn't significant. You make the music that makes the life that gives the rhythm to the day in and out and in again. You are braver than you know because you mother. Welcome to Life Church. Will you please welcome the Appleton campus, the West Campus, and our online campus with me today? (laughs) 
Happy Mother's Day to you. I am Tammy Cole, if you do not know who I am. I am the much better looking, cuter, sweeter, kinder, gentler spirit to the other half, which is Aaron Cole, your senior pastor. Yes, um, I could tell stories, but I won't. Um, I could get him back for all those times, right? But if you haven't seen him yet today, you will eventually, but um, he is wearing his bow tie in his pocket square and his cute little seersucker pants and his white bucks, and he is looking so cute. Oh, my word almighty, I just love him to death. So I did get him just a little bit right there. Last night I made him blush. He was so embarrassed, but I love it. It's my chance. So I want to talk about mothers today. I want to talk about women. I want to talk about who is inspiring you. Who inspires you to be better, to live your life better, to get up and to go? But the women that really live life with us, the ones that give birth to us, they raise us, they discipline us, they have fed us, they clothe us, they bathe us, they drove us all over creation, they cheer for us, they carted us around on their hips, they led us, they followed us, they cried with us, they've mourned with us, rejoiced with us, screamed with us and at us, right, and have loved us. These women in our lives, they make our lives wonderful and complete and awesome and full. That's what I want to do. I want to celebrate the women that inspire us. I lost a woman this last Tuesday at 5 in the morning. She went home to be with the Lord and back to her sweetheart. Joanne Newburn was an amazing woman that inspired me to be better, to be better in ministry, to be a better wife, to be a better mother. She was a mentor to me, and I loved her dearly. It was sudden and quick, the way I hoped to go, just fast, and you don't even know what happens, right? But she is the reason that you can blame her if you want, that Aaron and I are here. It was the interview weekend back in November of 02, and Aaron and I were here, having never been to Wisconsin before. I was a little overwhelmed and wasn't sure how this was going to go. And it was Saturday night, and we were having this meet and greet time. They were getting to know us, and we were getting to know them, and Aaron and I had spent the day driving around Menominee Falls and in Germantown, West Bend, Jackson, looking for a place that if this was what the Lord had intended, a place for us to live. Because we had a home in Broken Arrow that we knew we'd have to sell and um, didn't know how long that was going to take. The sticker shock of prices in houses from Oklahoma to Wisconsin just about killed me. I was like, we're never going to be able to buy a house here. Oh my word, this is crazy. So I knew we would be living in an apartment for quite some time. So I wanted it to be nice. I was a little bit of a spoiled brat. I wanted it to be new. You know, I didn't want the carpet to have been walked on by hundreds of people. And I wanted a garage where I could go straight in and go up to my apartment. Um, and I just, you know, just the little things in life. And um, we'd found it. I'd found one in Jackson that I liked, and I was like, okay, this is it. If this is where the Lord wants us to be, then this is the apartment I want. So um, we were talking after the meet and greet, and one of the board members, and Aaron, and he was like, yeah, Tammy found an apartment. And I'm like, yeah, 
I did. I got an apartment. And he, he's like, oh, okay, where's it at? And I'm like, well, it, it's in Jackson. And he's like, oh, no, we want you living in Germantown. And inside, I mean, I'm sure I was smiling, and I was looking very, very sweet. But on the inside, I'm going, uh, yeah, no man's telling me where I'm living. Uh, no, I'm living in that apartment in Jackson. So we get in the car, and I proceed to have a friendly discussion with Aaron about how we're not living in Germantown. We're going to live in that apartment in Jackson if this is where we're going to be. And he was all like, yeah, I'm calling Armin Newburn. I've got to call Brother Newburn, and we're going to have a discussion, and we'll talk about it and see what he says, get his advice on it. And I said, that's fine. You can call Brother Newburn all you want, but I'm telling you, I am not living in that apartment in Germantown. The apartments are on opposite sides. The, the, the garages are on opposite sides. You have to walk outside to get to the apartment. You have to go up a flight of stairs. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I want the apartment in Jackson. And he's like, I'm just going to call Brother Newburn. And I said, fine. So we get back to the hotel room, and I'm already packing my stuff up. I'm like, I'm going home. I don't have to put up with this. And he calls Brother Neighbor, and I hear him talking, 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 talking. And all of a sudden, he goes, Brother Neighbor wants to talk to you. And I'm like, told you I'm not talking to him. No, I'm not. Don't you do this to me. And he's like, here. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. And he's like, he knows you're here. I'm like, oh. Brother Newburn, how are you? Oh, I love you too. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, it's been pretty good. You know, we're doing okay. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Aaron told you. Yeah. Now, darling, let me tell you a story. And I'm like, oh, no. Yes, Brother Newburn. Now, Joanne and I had just built our very first house. We were at a church, and we were pastoring, and things were going well, and she just got all new furniture, all new furniture for her new house. And the Lord was moving us. He told us to go try out at this other church. It was a small church. It was struggling. And they wanted us to live in the parsonage. The parsonage was small, and it was old. And you know what Joanne said? She said, let's do it. Let's do it, Armin. I know we can do this. This church will grow. The Lord will bless. And we'll be able to be out of this parsonage and into a beautiful home soon. I know. So let's do it. Let's go. And he goes, you know what, sweetheart? She packed up her home, put almost all of her new furniture in storage, and we went and we lived in that little parsonage that was old and small. Now, I know that if Joanne can do that one thing, that you can live in that apartment in Germantown for a year. And at this point, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and I'm just bawling. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. If Sister Newman can do that, I can do that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And he goes, because sweetheart, I know a long time ago, you said yes. You said yes to the call of ministry, that you would go wherever he told you to go. You would do whatever he told you to do. So I know you can do this one small thing. So I went back, packed up my house, and we moved to that apartment in Germantown. So thank you, Sister Newburn, um, for giving me the strength, for inspiring me to be able to be stronger than I thought I could be and to do what he had placed in our hearts to do. Who's inspiring you today? As you look around the women in this room and, and wherever you are, they're incredible. I like to say, 
that, um, you know, when, when God was creating, he saved the best for last. When he made woman, he was like, I'm done, complete. It cannot get any better than this. She is perfect. I am done. There's no point in trying anything else. She's perfect. So who inspires you today? Biblically speaking, there's incredible women that we can look to to inspire us. And the woman that I want to talk about today is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now she, um, you don't hear a lot about her. I tried to think back to any messages that I have heard about her growing up. I couldn't think of any. Looking for books and studies and commentaries on her, I couldn't find very many. Who is this woman that became the mother of Jesus, our Messiah? Elizabeth calls her in Luke 145, blessed. But we know so little about her. We do know that she found favor, much like the favor that Noah found with God in Genesis 6, 8. But who was she? Who was this teenage girl that found God's favor? I think back to when I was a teenager and my teenage friends, and I think back to the friends and the girls that I had the honor and privilege of being their youth pastor to, then I think to my girls and their friends, and I think, yeah, I can't think of a one of us that would be good enough or have enough favor with God to be the mother of the Messiah. Teenage girls, for the most part, can be pretty mean, petty, catty, hormonal, did I say hormonal? Yeah, they can be a little hormonal. Not the top qualifications in the resume for being the mother of Jesus. If you would, turn with me in Luke 1, verse 26. If you don't have your Bible with you, it'll be on the screens today. But I want to read about how she started this journey. You see, God knew that Mary was exactly what Jesus and the world needed. That Mary would be able to carry out his plan with complete and full submission. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God for nothing is impossible with God. Consider me the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me as you have said. As I look to Mary, I see three qualities that inspire me to love in a greater way. I also have found these three qualities in three life church women. And I asked these three women if they would share their stories via video so that you can see why they're my heroes and what it is about them that I love so much. I think we need biblical examples, but I think we also need modern-day, living, breathing examples of real women that are living this out in this world of ups and downs and highs and lows. 
women that we can talk to, that we can have interaction with. These three inspire me to be stronger, to love more, and to give more. The first quality that inspires me to love is courage. Mary had great courage to take on the task that God gave her. She had to widen her imagination to take on the scope of what Gabriel was telling her that was going to happen to her. Missionary Elizabeth Elliot, wife of Jim Elliot, wrote it like this. He found the little dull town, the dusty street, the right house. In obedience, he went in, stood before the astonished girl, and spoke. An angel's voice speaking in the accents of Nazareth. Mary was not a feeble girl, weak and without spunk, imagination, or initiative. Subsequent action proves that, but she was meek. Never confuse weak with meek. She was meek as Moses was meek, strong and holy enough to recognize her place under God. Thoughts of what people would say, what Joseph would say, or how she would ever convince them that she had not been unfaithful were instantly set aside. Mission accomplished, the angel left her. Back he flies, past Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, beyond the Southern Cross and the Milky Way, and finally to the heavens of his native world, where the will of the God of all those heavens is always done, and always done perfectly. He brought back a message. On that planet in Galilee, in a town called Nazareth, in the house to which God had sent him, the girl named Mary said yes. Mary had spunk. She had strength. She had courage. She was not weak. She was strong to stand up and to do what the angel had told her. The Life Church woman that I want to highlight is Lindsay Hauser. Here is her story of inspiring courage. My name is Lindsay Hauser. Um, a couple years ago, my husband and I got the calling to do foster care. Um, my husband is a uh, police officer in Milwaukee. Um, he sees a lot of difficult things that go on, and he was coming home with a lot of concerning stories that just kind of broke my heart every time. Um, it wasn't really until um, one day in particular that um, I was driving down the road going out of Milwaukee and um, at a stoplight and I looked over to the street corner and there was a mother with three young children. Um, she was just getting a little too aggressive with um, just trying to get them to cross the street. And as the boys were walking across the street, the youngest one actually looked me straight in the eye tears streaming down his face. At that moment, I knew that God wanted us to adopt, um, and he was telling me that we were going to adopt through foster care. Um, at that time, my son was about eight months old, and my daughter was two and a half. Um, we had kind of talked about it and gone back and forth on the possibility of it and just thought we would put it off for a couple of years. Um, apparently that wasn't God's plan. 
couple months later, we had turned in our foster care paperwork and started the process. And four months after that, we got our first call that we would be, um, there were two little girls that were looking for a forever home. We had really just wanted to do a cut and dry adoption. We had prayed for an adoption to go through by that Christmas, which was this past Christmas. Um, in the foster care realm, that's nearly impossible. It never happens. Um, but this was an opportunity that was put on our plate. Um, we had talked about it. We prayed about it. And um, the next day, we decided we were going to take the girls. Um, had no idea how it was going to function with four kids under four. Um, but we decided to jump in and try it anyways. Um, the first five months were, you couldn't pay me to go back and redo. Um, it was the hardest months of our lives. Um, we were ready to give up a few different times, completely just ready. The four kids under four was too much and um, girls were proving to be much more difficult than we thought they were going to be. Um, we ended up getting a, having a great support system um, through Life Church. Um, made a lot of new friends, ended up being really good friends with our caseworker who has been very supportive um, and always there. Um, by the grace of God, we stuck through it and we are we're going strong. <laughs> We're, we're finally getting there. Um, since we took the girls in, um, our family has changed a lot. Um, our oldest daughter um, has had to grow up a lot, which has actually been a lot of fun um, to see how her heart is developing for orphan care. She's constantly asking if we can take little kids home or if she can have some big sisters or you know anything like that. Um, we've had our struggles. Um, both the girls have some significant issues. Um, we're dealing with reactive attachment disorder where um, the three and a half year old that we have now, she physically cannot attach to us. She um, she physically can't bond to us. Uh, we've been making recently just some big progress with her. Um, really starting to see God's hand in all of it and realizing that this is just the beginning of our journey. The younger one has some medical issues that has seemed to figure out, uh, which I think we finally have, um, so she's finally making some progress with that, um, but for the most part our family has grown stronger in the face of fear and the unknown. Um, we've really learned to not just dip our toes into the water, but to jump in um, and to follow that God has for us, um, no matter how terrifying and overwhelming <laughs> the process can be, um, we have a long ways to go yet. We have a whole other journey coming ahead of us um, that God's preparing for us um, in more ways than we could have ever imagined. The second quality that inspires me to love is outward. Mary had a great humility and consideration beyond herself. She thought not of herself 
in what she would endure and face, but only of what the Lord had called her to do. Her story makes her seem divine, but she wasn't divine. She was in the divine presence of her Savior. Mary knew her story was not about her, but about him. She never made it about her. That's the mistake that man has made, that we placed her in equality with her son. Mary could have chosen to say to Gabriel, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, just keep on going to the next house. This isn't, no, this isn't right. I can't do this. Who am I? But she chose to take on the role of his servant, to live her life outward focused instead of inward focused. And in doing so, she received the highest honor that can be granted to a woman. She was the mother to the Messiah. What has God called you to do? What task has he placed in your hands? Do you feel unqualified? Are you asking the question repeatedly, why me? Why did you choose me? You know my story. You know who I am. I can't do what you've asked me to do. Choose to live outward of your faith and your love. The Life Church woman that I want to highlight is Priscilla Graybosch. Here is her inspiring story of outward love. My name is Priscilla Graybosch, and uh, my husband Steve and I run Adullam Outreach. Um, I've been asked a lot of times, uh, you know, about my story. People at Life Church. Um, know me pretty much only as like Steve's wife or um, the, the head of housekeeping. <laughs> um, but a lot of people haven't really heard my story. I really feel like I started learning how to love when um, I was in, in a really difficult marriage. Um, I was married when I was 20 and um, right out of college I got an associate's degree so that I could get married instead of waiting the extra two years. Um, I married somebody that my, my parents didn't agree that I should marry. Um, my only act of rebellion. <laughs> my husband and I were married for 13 years and toward the end I started realizing that it was an abusive marriage. I don't talk about it often because I start to cry. Um, we had four children and um, we had to leave him and not tell him what, that we were leaving for our safety. Um, my parents drove all the way from New York to Arizona to um, pick us up. I knew that I had to do it for my kids because I didn't want them to be in a situation like I was. I didn't want them to get used to that. So, um, so I was a single mom for about two years and I had a lot of fear about the judgment from people um, not knowing why I was single with four, ch four children. But, um, church and they really welcomed me back 
and they took care of me. And I really started to feel the love of God again in my life. I, I started to find out exactly how much God loved me and and I experienced that love by other people sewing into me. Um, I had a woman bring me a house full of furniture. I had left with nothing and my my kids had like one toy a piece that they had walked out the door with. Um, so people just started really sewing into me that way um, with material things because that's what I needed at the time. Um, and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget people giving selflessly to me. Four years ago, God blessed me with a new husband um, and a new marriage and a new life. Um, my husband, Steve, and I are running a ministry called Adelum Outreach in Milwaukee. And there we were able to give people the um, material things that they need, that they're lacking. Um, if someone has a fire in their home, the Red Cross sends them our way so that we can help them with furniture and clothing. Um, when moms come out of the hospital with a newborn, a lot of times they are looking for people to help supply them with diapers or pack and plays um, for their infants. Um, we also do prayer meetings um, and Bible studies. Um, and one really awesome ministry that's actually come out of Life Church is called Open Seat. And that's a meal program that's happening on a weekly basis out of Adullam. Um, very small, but it's, uh, it's growing. There's about 25 people attending every week now. Now, with Adullam, um, I get to give back. I get to see, you know, people in the same situation that I was in, in an empty apartment with children who needed things, just things, you know, um, beds and clothing and um, toys, you know, and I'm so blessed now and I get to see the looks on their faces when things come in the door that families need. It's incredible to see the way people come together in order to give and and love outwardly that way. The third quality that inspires me to love is generosity. Mary gave of herself. Now all mothers think that their kids are wonderful and precious and can do no wrong, and they should, but can you imagine being the mother of Jesus? Mary at play dates and mops groups, well, Jesus took his first steps yesterday. They were on water. You know, and the moms are all going, what? You know, and a couple months later, well, Jesus learned to read the scriptures all by himself. And he can, and he's memorized them. Jesus, come here, show him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him all the scriptures. You know, I mean, can you imagine? Being that mom where you're like, you've got to be kidding me. My kid is like, Ugh. I remember taking the girls to the park and, you know, you'd pick up conversations with other moms standing around and there's always that mom with that kid, you know, and the child comes 
walking up and waits till there's a pause and break in the conversation and they're neat as a pin and just precious and their hair's all done and their clothes are all neat and clean and, and they go, Mother, can I please have a juice box? And you're like, oh, how cute. And then you see yours coming. And it's like pig pen from Peanuts. There's this cloud of dirt and dust that follows them. And they've got snot running down their face. And there's mud and dirt because they've been eating it, you know. And, and they're just covered in dirt. And there's grass stains all over their clothes. And they run up and they're like, Mom, Mom, I'm dying. i got to have water now. And you're like, I don't know who this child is. I've never seen this kid before in my life. Who, whose kid are you, right? I mean, we've all been there in that situation where you're like, Come on, you're making me look bad. But can you imagine the responsibility? I mean, wow. Taking on the raising of Jesus, the redeemer of all mankind. Mary was not wealthy. When they presented Jesus at the temple, all they had was two pigeons to give as an offering, the lowest of offerings. But what she was able to give him was worth far more than any stones or precious jewels or gold coins. She was able to give of herself, all of herself. Mary gave Jesus life. She gave him a home. She gave him character, traits such as the fruit of the Spirit, love, trust, purity of heart. I know they say being a mother is something that never ends, that you always mother your children no matter how old they are, but it changes. Every stage has a shift and a change to it. Where you as the mom lose more control and they receive it, they take it, they gain it. Being a mother is a true gift of generosity. What's your legacy of generosity that you're showing your kids or those that you live life with, those that are around you? Would they call you generous? Do you think of yourself as generous? The Life Church woman that I want to highlight is Pam Gable. Here is her story of inspiring generosity. Uh, I was going through a book study with Miss Tammy Cole, and through the process, there was a question that was addressed to the group at large. It was, um, "What impact are you leaving, uh, and what is your legacy, um, so to speak?" And it prompted me to think back. Um, Quite, quite a distant memory. When my grandmother was uh, still alive, she would um, cut quilt blocks and sew them together and send them off to missions trips. And I remember her taking the little scraps that were left over um, from actually it was men's suit jackets that she'd cut up for the, the um, quilts that she'd make. And the little scraps and bits, she never wasted those either. She actually took them and sewed them together and all these quilts went off on to missions. Um, she'd send them overseas to missions and I saw my mom follow her and she still 
quilts and sends um, many blankets every year to missions. And I, I started, I'm not the best sewer, but I, I can do a, a, a little bit. And so I would do some at that point. And um, for me, I, I guess that was the legacy I wanted to, to leave is to make somebody's life a little bit cozier, a little bit warmer, um, a little bit more comfort. A couple weeks later, um, Tammy asked me if I'd be willing to um, lead the Sochik group at Life Church. And um, though I don't feel equipped to do that, because I know there's better sewers, better crafter, craftier people out there, I agreed. And so I am holding the baton, so to speak, for Sochik. We have um, five or six women that consistently are in our group, and um, they're a group of wonderfully generous women um, that make quilts, blankets, uh, pillowcase dresses that we take to missions, or mission trips. We go on mission trips, take them there, or um, have them locally. Last year we gave many um, gift bags to Christmas, there was 50 of them, and it seemed like the blankets were multiplying, and, and I thought I had them all there at, when we were dividing up the blankets, and then I got home and I was putting away the bins, and my husband found another bin of like 12 blankets, so it was just amazing that how productive this group is, how generous they are with their time and their and their talents, it, it's, it's a treasure to to lead the group of such generous women. A lot of the ladies that sew the, the blankets will actually pray um, as we work and pray for the person that receives the blanket that they will know the love and the comfort and that Jesus is always with them. You wonder some of the reasons why I do what I do or why we do what we do. and you think that there's there's children out there babies in cribs that don't have a blanket you know when we went to Costa Rica we were able to bring blankets there um, you go to India you walk down the street and there's just naked babies on dirty sidewalks and you just gotta you know you gotta do something there's children um, in halfway houses that are just thankful to have a mattress and there's nothing on the mattress, it's a bare mattress. And to realize that the small comforts that we have and take for granted are a true luxury to people. Um, and you don't have to go to a foreign country, there's people in, in Milwaukee people in your neighborhood that are trying to start their life over and, and they leave with nothing and will start over and so a blanket is huge to them. I believe that we all can do something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a grand thing that we do. The littlest things can make a difference. I'm gonna quote Mother Teresa with this next statement and it kind of encompasses maybe a reason for us all 
to to do a little um, and she stated not all of us can do great things but we can do small things with great love Mary, Lindsay, Priscilla, Pam, they inspire me to be more like him. Inspire me to be better, to grow, and to inspire others. What's your story today? Who inspires you? Who are you inspiring? We all can't do great things, but we can do great things in love. You may look at your life and think it's dull or uninspiring, but God can take your story and can make it shine. Live a life that's inspiring. I would like to pray over all the women today. So if you are a woman here aged sixth grade to 106, would you please stand so I can pray a blessing over you today? Stand up. Let's pray. Father, you see these women today, the young and the mature. You know them, you created them, you love them. I pray let them feel your presence, your peace, your love, and your acceptance today. I ask that you would let them leave here knowing that they are beautiful and they are inspiring. Bless them in an overflowing way today and this week. I pray this in your precious name, Jesus Christ. I pray, amen. Ladies, you can be seated. I hope that all of you feel loved and honored today. Happy Mother's Day.